Welcome to Geek Meet Social, a weekly roundup of favorites in the world of a gamer girl social media geek. Get ready to discover books, podcasts, apps, social media tips, and more as we journey through the digital life. I'm your host, Tyra Burton, and you've arrived at episode six. Well, I've been getting my ducks in the row for the podcast, deciding on things that we're going to be doing each week, and just life in general. So this podcast is all about how to make your life shine through Mercury Retrograde, how to get your calm on, as well as all the heroes and heroines that are out there. So I don't know if you know, but Mercury is in retrograde. Now, I know it's an astrology thing, but it's true. And for some reason, it actually seems to be something that has a lot of effect on us for whatever reason. And if you don't know what it means, it means that everything goes wrong with communication. So Mercury is the planet of communication in astrology, just like Mercury, the god, was all about communication. And between October 31st and November 21st, it looks like it's moving backwards in the sky. And so it's three weeks of communication woes, misunderstanding, and redoing, repairing, and re-explaining things. It's just a mess. People misunderstand each other. They take your words the wrong way. And this particular retrograde sign is in the sign, this particularly retrograde is in the sign of Scorpio. And it's particularly nasty because Scorpio is the sign of kind of like the underworld, the darkness, you know, the quid pro quos of the world. So get ready for a lot of really not so great communication going on. So if you haven't backed up your stuff, you should do that because this could be when your computer fails. Um, If your car needs regular maintenance, go get it done. Repairs are a good thing to do during Mercury Retrograde. What we don't want is to have to replace. So just make sure that you're more understanding to everybody. And if somebody misunderstands you, try to be forgiving. Oh, and if you got travel plans, plan well ahead and expect changes. So a little known fact is that back in my college days, I wrote a horoscope column for a New York transit service. (laughs) I was an undergraduate and I was part of the Metropolitan Atlanta Astrology Society. And I used to earn money on the side being an astrologer. So who knew? I, I just think the world is a fascinating, complicated place. And who am I to say there isn't a piece of wisdom somewhere out there on an astrology chart? So uh, I did discover that Moss, that's what we called it, is still around. They meet in Tucker, Georgia, and I may actually go and see if I can drop in after the beginning of the year because astrology does still fascinate me. I also found a new site to run astrological charts on. So if you're looking to get one of those for free, it's called astro-charts.com. I'll link it in the show notes. It really gave me um, a really pretty chart. It was one of the best I've seen, plus a lot of the where planets were and and the signs, um, the uh, angles between them. So I really loved it. It's one of the prettiest I've seen in a long time that was free. And you can get an account there with your Google account and save your charts. So try that out. Now, speaking of kind of rearranging things, I finally have come up with a calendar for Geek Meet Social. For me, I need some structure. You might have noticed that with how much I talk about organization and planners. Well, I was like, okay, 
four weeks in a month most times. What am I going to do each week? And so I've kind of structured GMS to be all about what we're talking about that week. So this week is all about pop culture. So astrology is kind of feeding into that. Uh, week two of the month is going to be about let's get serious talking about a hardcore topic that maybe is a little more in depth and deeper than we usually go. And then week three, I hope to be doing interviews with people. So that's the week you're going to get another viewpoint. And week four is all going to be about organization, your household, and everyday life. So we get a little bit of everything. And on those months when we have five Wednesdays, the fifth one will be a free-for-all. We get the first one of those in January of 2020. So get ready. It's going to be fun. So I wanted to talk to you about FabFitFun. I, I don't know how many of you have tried one of these like subscription services, whether it's makeup or clothes or what have you. The first one I ever tried was Ipsy. And I love Ipsy. It was 10 bucks at the time. I think they've gone up to 12 now. And it comes in a, a little pa uh, pouch, zipper purse thing. I don't know how you describe it, but little zipper bag about the size of a quart, maybe a sandwich bag. That's really cool. I use them for everything. And then it had uh, samples of makeup products, body products, etc. in there. And I've been doing that for a couple years. One of my friends, Megan, turned me on to them. Uh, then I tried a clothing service. I don't know if any of you have done Stitch Fix or one of the others, but I did Dia because I'm a bigger girl. And they specialize in women's plus size clothing. And you know, I got massively frustrated with them. Uh, their stylist's inability to actually read the feedback I gave them and what I hated was lacking severely. Um, they did sometimes get it right. I got some amazing jeans. Oh my God, my favorite jeans uh, came from Dia boxes. And I've got a skirt that I just think is beautiful. But so much else was so wrong and either wasn't my style, didn't fit right, or something I absolutely positively hated. <laughs> My husband tried something called Bombfeld, and it was from JCPenney's for Big and Tall, and it was awesome. And then they stopped. So we're still depressed over that because we haven't found him a good replacement. I did just try FabFit uh, Fun Style. Um, it sort of worked, sort of didn't. Uh, they didn't exactly listen to me, but they listened to me better than Dia did. But unfortunately, their clothes are not as well-suited for those of us who are curvier than others. So... Even though the pants fit, they looked awful on me. The shirts were not good and not big enough, but I liked the style. She got my style right, I have to say that. And I did keep the coolest pair of earrings from it. So I'm hopeful I'm going to get another box, I think, in December and try. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, I do have a year subscription to FabFitFun. I had it this year, and I really have enjoyed it a lot, especially with my ability to do add-ons. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to do it again. I haven't decided. I'm going to wait and see how I like this last box out of my year. So let me know if you do a FabFitFun or one of the other services and what your experiences are like out there. So I have an app plus a website plus a um, browser add-on thing to share with you this week. It's something called Wakelet, W-A-K-E-L-E-T. And I went to a pre presentation at Northwest Georgia Writers Group about technology tips and writing. And it was really cool. I learned some things that I didn't know. Uh, Gian Bolas did it. And she suggested this thing called Wakelet. And I was like, okay, what is this? I haven't heard of this. And you can use it to create collections of websites, articles, whatever you find on the web, even like videos. And you can keep those collections 
private or share them with others. So one of the ways I originally thought I'd use it was, you know how you're looking at something and you get an email, it links to an article, you pop up in the article, but you're like, okay, I need to finish dealing with my email, I'll read this later. Or you're on Facebook and somebody links to an article and you you open it up and you're like, oh, that's great. That's longer than I thought. Don't have time for that now. So I would end up with like a zillion tabs opened on my browser, at least a zillion. And it drove my husband crazy, by the way. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what do I do? And so I would copy and paste the links into a Word document and say, okay, I'll go back later. Well, we all know that doesn't happen. Or maybe I'd find articles that I wanted to share with people, either in my writing group or my students. What could I do? And I did bookmark some of them, but I just didn't have a great, easy-to-use answer. Well, Wakelet is that. It's awesome. It's an add-on, so I can be on a web page. I can immediately click on it. It will add a bookmark to it. So if there's an article I want to lead read later, I just click on it and add it to my Wakelet read later list. And it's right there on my, um, my bar for my uh, Chrome, is which is what I'm using it with. And you need to use it with Chrome. It's a Google app. So make sure you do use it with Chrome. But I can right now see that I've got the three things that I was looking at that I wanted to close out to diminish the number of tabs across the top. And they're right there, right where I can get to them. So that was really easy. It goes into my bookmark bar on Chrome. The other way that you can use Wakelet is on uh, in the app itself. When you click on it and you open it up on a web page, uh, you can add collections or you can open collections. So you can like get a bunch of articles together. Maybe you're studying uh, Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet, because it's, you know, next year's coming. So you're studying Romeo and Juliet, and you find a bunch of articles about it and links to it. You can create an entire collection within Wakelet that you can share with other people. Or maybe you're planning a trip, and every, you're going to Ireland, you've got four people. You can use Wakelet to, like, add in articles or websites about the places that you're going to be visiting. I am just massively excited. So you can either have something as private or public, or you can just share with a group of others. So I'm really hoping that this will help me close my zillion tabs, as well as help me as just being a professor. This way I can share articles and blogs or whatever with my students that I want them to see, because there's a lot of stuff out there that's really cool that I want to share, especially with my advanced class about social media. And I think Wakely is going to be my easy peasy way to do that. And speaking of Wakelet, I'm going to show you one. I'm going to actually show you how to use it uh, with our next thing about social media. I don't know if you saw, it just came out the other day, uh, like yesterday, I think. The FTC has thrown some down, thrown down some guidelines for influencers. So there's a whole list of influencer guidelines that the FTC has made uh, available, and it's talking about disclosure. And so particularly on Instagram and YouTube, you might open up and see somebody that you're following and at the bottom of the post, uh, there's a hashtag, hashtag ad. Well, a lot of times it's buried and you can't see it. And that was the only way you can know it was a paid endorsement. So the FTC has come out and released a publication this past uh, yesterday, Disclosures 101 for Social Media Influencers. And I have a link in the wakelet to the actual PDF of this. And it offers guidance on for when and how uh, an influencer should disclose that it's an ad. And one of the things um, that's always been present like in YouTube is that you need to say it up front and often that it's an ad that you're doing. So 
we're out there, and a lot of consumers, they talk about this through the FTC's uh, bureau, uh, their staff attorney says, many consumers rely upon influencers' recommendations in making purchase decisions, and they should know when a brand paid an influencer for an endorsement, because it affects the weight and credibility the consumer may give to that endorsement. And that's true. We know that advertising is not seen as reliable by consumers. They just don't believe that advertisers tell the truth. And so a lot of times consumers look to reviewers and consumers, other consumers, for their opinions. And influencers obviously have those opinions, and they've been talking about and reviewing stuff for a long time. But guess what? Now, if it's something that you've been paid to do, and you're being compensated, they really want you to put that forward. And um, they want you to be simple and clear about it. So they not only did the PDF, they also did a video talking about if you endorse things on social media and you're being paid for it, here's some of the things you want to think about. Um, And so in terms of law enforcement, there's not very strict laws about this yet. And usually what they've done is gone after the companies, not the influencers, but they really are... Uh, focusing on influencers taking a more active role and being more clear about this. So if you're working with influencers out there in social media, make sure that you get a copy of this Disclosures 101 so that you have an idea of what the FTC is wanting you to do and wants them to do so you can pass it on. And if if you are an influencer, make sure that you're disclosing anytime you have a financial, employment, personal or family relationship with a brand, those are the things that they're looking for, for you to say something about. And they want you to put it in a place that's hard to miss. So just take a look at the uh, PDF and the video. The video is real short. I've linked it in the Wakelet as well. And just kind of be aware, there's a lot of things over on particularly Instagram that connects to this. There's something called Instagram pods that have been around for a while. They started eh, about a year or so ago. And uh, pods were groups creating a direct messaging loop. And what would happen is uh, Sally would say, hey, I posted my stuff. And everybody in that pod would go and comment and like her stuff to up the engagement, which then would increase the likelihood that that post would be seen in news feeds. And so people have done this on Facebook as well. But um, they're get, they're catching on to this. And I have a feeling if they start to see these trends where they see a lot of these kind of pod-like behaviors, a lot of the algorithms are going to start taking that into consideration. So um, look, definitely look at the Instagram pods. It's kind of creating fake influencers to a certain extent or raising people's influence up above what it really is organically. So if you're into influencers and social media, definitely uh, listen to this because it could be super important going forward. So uh, again, and you can check out my wakelet for it. I'm pretty excited about that. Well, my book for the week is actually one that I rediscovered. And when I rediscovered it, I I found something from my dad. Uh, My dad used to cut out the cartoons for me when after I moved out because I loved reading the comics every day. And so he would cut out the comics for me and he would bring them to me in a bag. And if I had time, I would try to read them. But oftentimes I didn't. But sometimes he'd find um, cartoons that he just really liked and knew I would and he would hand them to me rather than put them in the bag. And uh, this one is this little girl. uh, It's a little boy handing his report card to his parent. It says the girls are ruining the grading curve pop. 
It's just adorable. I'm going to take a picture of it. I have no idea what artist did it. I feel really bad about that, but um, it was something my dad had put aside. And I had used, and obviously thought was funny, used it as a bookmark in my uh, book that I'm going to suggest today. Um, I've had this book since uh, the early 1990s. It's by Alexandra Stoddard. And I love Alexandra Stoddard. She wrote a book called The Beautiful Life, which when I moved out of my parents' home back in 1990, 1991, it was one of the first books I ever like read about style and design and kind of like the way you live your life. And Stoddard had a really big effect on me in terms of how I look at design and what a home is supposed to be about. She's the reason why, if I could, I would have fresh flowers in my house every single day, because that was something that was really important to her as a young person out there in the world the first time. And it really was important to me as well. So the back of this book is called Grace Notes. It says, reach out to others, be outgoing, be kind, gentle, and thoughtful. To achieve these qualities requires great sensitivity and daring. The more we forget about our own egos, the more open we are to love. Find the path to happiness within yourself. And Grace Notes is 365 days of inspiring inspiration, serenity, and inner grace from Alexander Stoddard. And I love it. I read it today. And every time I, I open it up, because it's, it's a dated book, I find something that um, always touches me and makes me think, today's was happier to be sometimes cheated than not to trust. It is happier to sometimes be cheated than not to trust. It was by Samuel Johnson originally. And I thought, you know, that's true. I have kind of a Pollyanna view of the world sometimes. And my husband and my friends kind of laugh at me. And I don't get sarcasm and at all, especially when it's kind of, you know, stabby, stabby. And I think part of that is because I just trust. And I think that's really beautiful. It does also mean that I've been severely... <laughs> hurt by it, but I think I'll, I'll stay with my trusting. So pick up Alexander Stoddard's Grace Notes. It's an older book. Again, it's about, oh, it's almost 17 years old. So it's been around for a long time. And in the future, I'm going to go back and look at A Beautiful Life. I just looked at my shelf, uh, my bookshelf, when I was trying to find Grace Notes, and it's not there. And I'm a little a little concerned, so I got to go find it. So let's talk heroes and heroines. So Alexander Stoddard to me was really one of my heroes when I was a young woman because she really was showing me the type of life that I wanted to lead, like one of elegance and beauty and calmness. I've achieved, I don't think, any of those, but I keep trying. There's a lot of beauty in my life, but I don't know if calmness is actually out there. And of course, there's, you know, I, Wonder Woman has always been my hero if we want to look at pop culture. And I think that's important. I think that these people, like, looking at, let's talk Frozen, because Frozen 2 is getting ready to come out, and I can't wait, and we haven't talked Disney in a couple of weeks. So Elsa and Anna, I love them. I love the fact that we're creating heroines that are you know, on their own, saving themselves or saving each other. I like the fact that it's a sister relationship because I have two sisters that I'm super close to and I love very much and are my heroes. They they happen to be older than me. They happen, happen to be my Elsas. And seeing what they have accomplished in the world as women breaking into fields when there wasn't women in them have was amazing to me uh, to watch both of them. So I really love this kind of new take on the princesses. I love the fact that Anna does have a boyfriend, but it's not, we have to get married right away. It's not one of those. And 
I appreciate that. And that, I think that's one of the things I liked about Brave. I liked it about Moana and all the like kind of changes in how they're presenting female heroines over at Disney. And I originally, I wasn't going to just go there, but I guess I'm going to go there for right now. I am looking forward to Frozen 2. I want to see what they do with these two characters and with this family. I think there's a huge family message about sisters that is in this. And we don't often get that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times stories are about one person's journey because, well, it's the hero's journey. And we're, it's something that like Star Wars is all about uh, Luke Skywalker's hero's journey. And from the very beginning to the very end, it's like a perfect uh, emulation of the hero's journey. But with Frozen, we got Elsa's, who's, it was definitely her main journey, but Anna also had a really strong one as well. And so I think that's what I like about it. And I'm super excited. Can't wait to watch it. But the other place we have heroes is in our everyday life. And I just want to say, like, my neighbor is the best. Like, when my husband's back went out right on my birthday, so we couldn't go out, and we had to cancel our plans with our friends, which was fun. My husband was in a lot of pain that year. But my neighbor came and knocked on my door with a plate, with a brownie, and a candle, and said, happy birthday. He said, I knew you couldn't go out. I don't want to come in. I know your husband's in pain, but here. I was baking brownies, and I thought of you. And he was my hero, because here's my neighbor just thinking about me. Or when our neighbors walked around the neighborhood when we had this big snowstorm and bunches of limbs came down, there were a lot of heroes helping other neighbors move things. Or when we had snow apocalypse here in Atlanta, and all the freeways were filled with snow, and so many people helped each other. So figure out how you can help each other, be each other's sister or brother. This is humankind. We need to be heroes and be heroes every day. So next week, we'll be looking at when you question your hero status and all about imposter syndrome. So that will be our deep topic of next week, along with, of course, suggestions for apps, books, and podcasts to listen to. So I hope you all are having a wonderful time. It's finally getting cold here in Georgia. So the heaters are finally kicking on. I'm finally able to wear my fuzzy socks and cuddle with my dogs for warmth. Yeah, absolutely for warmth. So if you need to find us on the web, we're at geekmeetsocial.com, or you can come by tyraburton.com and get links to all of our social media, as well as our episodes. Please let me know what you want me to talk about in the future. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. I hope life is treating you kindly and have a wonderful week. I'll see you next Wednesday. Wednesday.